Hi guys, do you like this podcast and do you want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. So first of all, it's free and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So make sure to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started because that's what I used to make my podcast and I love it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Talk Nasty Me Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Nasty. How's it going? Oh my god. I have finally mustered up the energy to record this podcast because I gave blood, blood, (laughs) which doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Like, I don't know, people donate blood all the time. At least that's what it feels like. And I've donated blood once before. Now, I have tried to donate blood three times in the past and every single time I got rejected because my heart rate was too fast and so now finally I well I think the last time like my my heart rate was too fast and then I was like no girl you gotta let me sit down for a second like me just walking from the waiting room into your little office has already made me stressed out just please let me sit here for a second and normally my my resting heart rate is around 100. I don't know if that's just because I'm an anxious person, whatever, but for the last few years, that's kind of what it's been. And, you know, after that time, like, she was like, I'm going to leave the room for like five minutes, you drink your water, and whatever. Let's see how you feel. And then I passed, and then I was able to donate blood, and everything was fine. Like, I don't even really remember that experience. I don't get queasy when it comes to giving blood. I don't feel weird about that kind of stuff. I like I don't know needles don't bother me pain doesn't bother me like it it just went by smoothly this time around I decided to donate blood and I am so exhausted I don't know if it's because I had my period last week even though like they said that my hemoglobin and my iron was perfectly fine I don't know what it was but I don't also know if it's just like the the like having a mental effect on me what is it called is it a placebo is that what I'm trying to say because they kept emphasizing just rest on the couch just rest on the couch even though I was like no I have a day full of things to do I am so exhausted I am so genuinely tired I just laid in bed fell asleep did nothing and then I slept for like 10 hours throughout the night today I'm like a walking zombie I don't know if I'm just not nourishing myself well enough. I have no idea. So sitting right next to me, I have a cup of pickled beet juice that my mother has made with her own beets, which is the most Polish thing that I have ever said on this podcast ever is that I have a small glass of it. It's, it if you're wondering what it tastes like, it tastes like pickled beet juice water. That's what it tastes like. And I am drinking it because I want <laughs> I want to feel better. So I finally got the energy to talk. And I knew that I wanted this episode to be about mental health, especially because I came back to YouTube two weeks ago now, um, where I did my debut of my mental illness that is OCD. If you guys didn't know, um, I talked about it in a video two weeks ago. I made a long-ass video. It was like 35 minutes long talking about my OCD diagnosis, how it's affected me, what I'm learning about myself, why I took a break for such a long time, and why it was so necessary for me. And the response has been so overwhelmingly loving and genuine and helpful. And like so many of you guys also commented like, oh my God, I have Puro OCD as well. And, you know, I've never heard anyone talk about this. And, you know, I keep quiet about it because it's so embarrassing. And like, it made me feel so 
much better and like some of the messages that you guys have sent me and I just can't thank you guys enough but I knew that I wanted to talk make an episode about mental health because I have in the past about like I'm struggling you know this is how I feel and everything but I actually kind of have some tips and things that I'm noticing that are improving my mental health and I felt like this might help someone who doesn't necessarily have access to therapy or isn't you know currently on medication or going to a therapist or really know where to start with helping their mental health things that they can try and do from home um, or by themselves that may help or at least are helping me and I felt like why wouldn't I try and share you know some of the things that I've learned in therapy why not share that knowledge um and just talk about things that have helped me and I just want to emphasize that these are things that have helped me and I'm not like better I will never be cured from OCD like OCD will not magically just one day go away my mental health will ebb and flow and have ups and downs and right now it's kind of in a weird spot and I'm working on it but like seeing progress is so motivating for me because I think about like, oh my God, you know, I'm doing this thing that I wouldn't have even been able to do a month ago or, oh my God, this thing really bothered me even a week ago and now it's already like getting better and I'm noticing improvements. Um, And then there's some other things where I was like, oh my God, a month ago I could do this thing and now I can't, like what's wrong with me? So I wanted to talk about the things that have improved my mental health and how I feel like you guys can maybe implement that into your life. I know I talk about mental health a lot, but I feel like it's kind of um, becoming a standard of like what I talk about and like what is important to me. So I'm not, you know, an expert by any means, but if I want to talk about it, I'm going to talk about it. And I also kind of wanted to touch on the whole OCD thing. If you haven't watched the video or if you don't want to watch a whole 35 minute video, or maybe you just don't even like watch my videos. Maybe you just listen to my podcast. So I was diagnosed with OCD a few months back and it like completely changed like the trajectory of my life it feels like. It feels like it makes a lot of sense and like once I figured it out and once I got the diagnosis for it, it felt like so many questions became answered about myself that I didn't understand about myself but also it feels like I was almost so many doors closed for me in a way it felt like because I felt like I was trapped in a room where I was just like it's not going to get any better like this is just who I am like now that there's a mental illness name attached to what is wrong with me oh my god this is what my life is going to be like forever and ever and ever and that felt awful like that was really really hard for me because I I had a fear of it and I even told my therapist this I was like I'm really scared that you know once because I had to do like a whole um tests and everything for this not like not like they take blood work or anything but they um a lot of questions being asked and like sessions revolving around that and I was really and I told her this I was like I'm really really scared that once you know if this comes back positive that I do have OCD I shouldn't say positive once it comes back that I I may have OCD I'm really scared that it's going to get a lot worse because I'm scared that I'm going to start obsessing over all my symptoms or I'm going to imagine new symptoms um and a lot of OCD what you know what it seems like it's not talked about a lot like I don't I don't know I I had like this a really big misconception about what I thought OCD was like even though I claim to know a lot about mental illnesses and mental I don't know a lot but I spent a lot of time watching documentaries um I took many classes in college about it and I feel like I'm pretty open to learning more about it it's not like this is a completely new subject to me 
But I was even talking to my friend who's in school specifically for, um, you know, working with people with mental illnesses. And she was like, a lot of these symptoms that you're telling me are like not even talked about in our classes. Like OCD is just so quickly brushed over. And that's one of the things is like not having trust in yourself and not having faith in yourself and feeling like you're lying to yourself. Um, A lot of people with OCD struggle with this and feeling like, wait, did I really think that I, I'll just give you an example. This isn't like very relevant for me. Well, yeah. Like for example, someone could turn the stove off and then they leave their house and then they're questioning themselves. Did I really turn the stove off? I don't know if I can trust myself. And so they'll drive back home and like make sure that the stove is off um, and do this several times. And for me, I have that, but with, with different things. And so I felt like I couldn't trust myself because I was like, oh my god, Nicole, you're just making up that you have OCD, which was an OCD trait to begin with, but I was like, you can't trust yourself, like, you're going to start imagining all these new symptoms that aren't even there, and it was tough in the beginning, and I had to, you know, really, really, really work through that, and it got better, it did get a lot better, but I'm, I'd be lying if I would say that, you know, it was easy after I got diagnosed. A lot of people, like, once they get diagnosed, they might feel, like, a huge sense of relief and they might even feel better because, you know, they have a lot of questions answered and they might be going to a a therapy that is designed for how their brain works. But for me, it was so, it was so much the opposite because I felt like I didn't even know myself anymore because I would do something and then I would be like, oh my god, this is an OCD thing, isn't it? And then I would just like break down and start crying, not because I felt sorry for myself, but in a sense I did. And in, in a sense, I was just like, holy shit, like I, I didn't realize that I was doing this out of pure OCD. Like I thought that was just like something that I did and that couldn't be, you know, worked on or anything. And I will say that a lot of things in my life have improved, like a lot of things that I have obsessions over, which I'll probably never talk about on the internet, just because as much as I want to help those with OCD, if you struggle with OCD or like intrusive thoughts or obsessions, then you know revealing what you are obsessed about and having like the one thing that, it's not, it's not usually just one thing, it's usually multiple things, but having those revealed is like almost like a secret because people can use that against you, people can, you know, mock you because of that or like use them as triggers, at least that's what my fears are and so I don't think I'll talk about them. I also don't feel like it's necessary pertaining to you know how it is all that needs to be known is that I struggle with certain obsessions and with OCD and that it really 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 prohibits me from doing a lot of things in life but I have found things that have improved my mental health to the point where I am capable of doing a lot more than I ever was before if that makes sense So, and I'm only seeing that to improve in the future. So I don't think like specific obsessions are very necessary to like figure out. Like you would be surprised what some people have obsessions over and to you it might not seem like a big deal, but to others with OCD, it's like, oh my God, like this is, if if this, it, it matters a lot. It matters a lot to them. Like I remember even revealing some of the things that I have problems with and revealing that to like my friends and my family. And they would be, like, they, some would laugh, but not, I know they don't mean it in necessarily, like, an awful way, um, but it just seems so, like, minuscule and little, but to my brain, it's not at all. Anyway, 
I do see someone who specializes in OCD, which helps so much. And by seeing someone, I mean a therapist. (laughs) And um, I'm having my first psychiatrist appointment very soon so that I can get put on medication soon, um, which is exciting to me, which is really, really exciting. I've only ever been on medication once before, and that was for my anxiety, and that helped so, so much, Well, which I'll get into later, but it helped a ton in the moment. So um, I eventually went off of that, and so I'm excited to hopefully see if and there's any more improvements in like the coming months and maybe I'll keep people up to date I I really didn't think that I was ever going to talk about my OCD on the internet because I was genuinely so afraid and like I felt like people were going to judge me so hard and I don't know it just felt like that this one personal thing that I want to keep private but I'm really happy that I didn't because I think I would have felt so much more alone uh, especially after talking about it online and like some of the symptoms that I have that a lot of people don't know about OCD and seeing that others also struggle with it. I don't want other people to struggle with it, but it feels a lot less isolating once you find out that there are other people like you because like most of the people in my life, I only have now like a handful of people in my life who have OCD. And it's not something that I talk about often with them because OCD is so different for everyone. Like, it's not the same symptoms for everyone, especially like obsessions and everything. So, even if someone in your life has OCD, it can be sometimes hard to relate to them because it affects us so differently. But since most of the people in my life don't even have it, so they don't even know how your brain can work with it or how it feels to have it, it can feel like you are this outlier. So, anyway. I want to talk about things that have improved my mental health recently, especially that I noticed in my little month-long hiatus that I took off the internet to genuinely just work on my mental health. And all of August, that's what I did. And it flew by. But that's genuinely all I focused on was just my mental health and nothing else. (laughs) Truly nothing else. I didn't do anything else. Um, And I'm happy that I took the break, but obviously that is such a privileged thing that I was able to do to take a month off of work and to just merely exist um but I'm very very grateful that I was able to do that because I really needed it and I'm happy that I was able to just like block out all distractions and to be honest I'll probably take breaks more often um I don't know about month-long breaks but I probably will take more breaks to just like check in with myself and see how I'm doing because it can suck. It can really, really suck to like get to a point of like burnout and exhaustion while also dealing with like a new mental illness diagnosis. And you're like, oh my God, I don't, I don't know where to go from here. And I don't have the time to like even focus on it because I have to work. So I'm happy that I had a slow month, but these are the things that have helped me. And I wanted to also emphasize that a lot of these things may seem very cliche on what help your mental health. And it might seem like oh my god, my parents and my therapist and like people at school will always tell me to do these things. Like this is not going to improve my mental health. I hear you. What works for me and a lot of these things are the cliche things that therapists and your family will tell you will help your mental health. And you're like, I don't even want to hear that. Like I don't want to hear that those things will help. And that's how I felt too. Like when people would give me advice and they're like, try meditation or try exercise or try eating better I'd be like fuck you that's not going to stop my intrusive thoughts and just single-handedly eating more fruits in a day did not (laughs) fix my intrusive thoughts however it led to better habits and better um, ways of living that have improved my mental health immensely 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 so that is 
something that I just want to emphasize. What works for me may not work for you. And a lot of this episode, you might be rolling your eyes and you're like, bitch, I don't want to do any of these things. This is not going to pull me out of my depression. Listen, I feel you and I have felt the same way that you have before, but I'll explain my thought process behind all of these. Okay, so the number one thing that has really, really helped my mental health has been fixing my phone addiction, which seems very tough because it is an addiction. I know the days that I have a really stronger phone addiction when I feel so foggy in the brain and like I've barely existed and my screen time hours are like 11 to 12 hours in a day and I my vision gets blurry and I just seem to can't put my phone down um and I I became to have those days every single day like it was like every single day I was struggling with my phone addiction and I was like something needs to change now coincidentally in the time that I decided to take a whole month off I was like I don't want anything to do with my phone I don't want anything to do with social media really because I wasn't posting I just really wanted to be off of it I didn't want to know what was going on And so I replaced my phone habit with something else, which was for me reading on my Kindle. I fucking love my Kindle. I love my Kindle so much. I got it on when it was on sale for like 50 bucks and I get my books for free from like the library and it has improved my phone addiction so much because whenever I would want to just sit on my phone, I would just pull out my book instead. And then at night when I would want to be on my phone all the time, I would just pull out my book instead and because I found books that I loved so much I just completely got enamored with that instead in the mornings I would read instead and I read like 13 books in one month which was crazy because I haven't read a book in like years um just out of pure like just not wanting to and I would listen to audiobooks but I wouldn't sit down and physically put my eyes to a paper and read and that helped so 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 much And I'll talk about like how much reading has benefited me in general, but finding something to kind of kick and replace your phone habit will help you a lot, I feel like, because even if social media itself is not making you feel worse, like personally for me, I know a lot of people say that Instagram is like a toxic place for them and they don't like being on it and it makes them feel worse. I personally don't feel like I struggle with that a lot because I don't follow that many people and so the people that I do follow I'm not really comparing my life to them maybe I am subconsciously but I don't really like hate Instagram for that reason a big problem for me was TikTok a lot of things came up on there and Twitter Twitter was really really bad for my mental health at the beginning of the pandemic and then also right around the election when I get anxiety from reading the news or things that are just like happening or people just being angry and livid with you over the weirdest and smallest things that got to me a lot and like surrounding myself with only that because then it just becomes your world like what you consume just becomes you and I was just like I've had enough of this and um yeah and so I really kicked that habit but the thing is though In the last few weeks, I noticed, since I came back to YouTube, I noticed that I haven't read in, like, a while. And that's because I read a few books that I really didn't enjoy, and I just felt so annoyed by it, um, that I'm just, like, in a slump right now. So, I've started, like, six books, and then I just didn't finish any of them. Like, I would get to, like, page, like, 50, and then I just wouldn't wouldn't finish them so that's a new goal of mine into this coming week is to just finish one of those fucking books so that I can get back into reading because I know how much it helps me but I noticed myself getting addicted to my phone again 
Another thing that has helped me so much with my mental health is making a morning routine for myself. The strange thing is, is that I have a night routine for myself that I follow every single night. So much, sometimes too much and the whole routine, you know, thing can get to be a lot for those with OCD and some people have very, very um, long extensive routines of not necessarily morning or night, but just like literally some people have routines for like sitting down in a chair. That's how bad it can be. But for me personally, I have like a solid night routine that helps me get ready for bed and I'm like, all right, it's nighttime. (laughs) It's time to go to bed. And sometimes I will fall asleep like in my bed on my phone or reading. That's happened several times in like the last month because I'm so sleepy at night now. Like I've been able to fix my sleeping routine. Um, But I would wake up at like three in the morning and I would go and like do my whole night routine, like my whole skincare, whole shower routine, like everything. But I didn't have a solid morning routine. Like, I would just lay in bed and I wouldn't start my day and I would dread it because then it would become later and later and later and I would feel too lazy to get out of bed. And then before I knew it, it would be like 10, 11 p.m. Or, sorry, 10 or 11 a.m. And I'd be like, I don't want to get out of bed. I hate this. I hate myself. I hate myself for wasting the day. Um, And I'm I'm just not happy with this. I want to be a morning person so badly. There's just something so nice about waking up in the morning before, you know, everyone else. For me personally, this doesn't have to be everyone else. But for me personally, I really like getting up, you know, while the sun is still rising and I have that quiet time to myself and I can get everything done before anything is expected of me from like the workday hours. I love that so much. And it always just makes me feel a lot better. My mood improves. So I needed to start a morning routine. I needed to start something solid for myself. So one of the first things I did was set a time that I want myself up by every single day. And before I used to just say eight, and I'm believe me, I don't care what time you get up. If getting up at 11 a.m. works for you, that works for you. And that's what makes you happy. Getting up at 4 a.m. works for you. That works for you. It doesn't matter. This I'm just talking about my personal times and this has nothing to do with you. So you do what works best for you and your life and your schedule. But for me, I really want to start waking up at 6.30 in the morning. I really like that time in the morning. I like the sun rising. <laughs> it makes me happy to see my room that early. And I want to wake up early and eat breakfast and go to the gym right away and be there by like 7.30, the latest. That's something that I started wanting to start implementing into my life. And it took some perseverance, but once I got into the habit of doing it, I was excited for it every single day, and then I was excited to wake up every single day, and I didn't hate my mornings as much because I had something to look forward to every morning that made me happy. And I'll get into the whole gym thing soon, but something that like releases endorphins first thing in the morning, it became almost like like a competition with myself almost to see if I could wake up earlier or if I could, you know, get to the gym earlier or go to sleep even earlier so that I could wake up even earlier in the morning and enjoy more of the morning. And that became very fun for me. And also in the morning, I started journaling just for five minutes in the morning. I'll journal and write down things I'm grateful for, write down what would make today a good day. That's helped so much too because it's something that's expected of me. Um, I would like to start reading more in the morning, but then again, with my whole slump in reading, I haven't gotten the chance to do that in a while, but that's something that I genuinely want to do and like not going on my phone first thing. I hate that I do that, but 
that's something that I'm also working on. And so having that little time for myself to make my breakfast, leave for the gym early in the morning, it made me feel like a more happier person just because I found something that I enjoyed doing first thing in the morning rather than my lifestyle before where I would wake up late and then I would stay in bed later because I was so upset with myself and I didn't have the energy to even get out of bed and I wasn't well rested and then I would sit on my phone and so my morning was just already off to a bad start which would set like the tone for the rest of the day and like every day I don't wake up at 6 or 8 in the morning like today I was exhausted especially from giving blood I think I got out of bed at maybe like 10 30 and I woke up at like 9 and it doesn't matter do whatever your body needs to do and do whatever makes you happiest in the morning like if painting in the morning makes you happiest or drawing then do that first thing in the morning or you know listening to music and dancing that makes you happy. then go fucking do that or literally going to drive to get you know a drink or walking to get a, a drink from like a coffee shop someplace if that's what makes you happy first thing in the morning do that find the thing that makes you happiest and do that first thing to set the tone for the rest of the day and make that your time before you have to dedicate your time to someone else whether that's at school or your job or to your family dedicate that time in the morning to yourself before having to give it to anyone else and another thing that I mentioned before that helped me so much was reading I lost my passion for reading long 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 time ago I think as soon as it became like a thing in schools where we'd have to read books that I had no interest in and it was expected of us that's when it really really got to me I remember I don't remember up until what grade but you know we would have to do like a summer reading log and we would have to read a set amount of books but it was our choice of like what books to read and as soon as it was set the standard to read a certain list of books that I dreaded that so much and I remember I had friends who were like very big overachievers and finished their like summer reading list the first week of summer and I'd be like fuck you guys like I don't want to do this and I would leave it until last minute and then I would just spark note it and it took the fun out of reading for me so I stopped honestly I always loved still reading articles and interviews and magazines that's something that I've always still enjoyed but I miss the element of reading actual books. And people have their opinions on this, but I really don't care. But I read a lot of romance books. And, you know, I think it's like a, I think it's really just a lot of internal misogyny. But a lot of girls will even shit on other girls for wanting to read romance books. And that being like the main thing that they read because it's not like, fine literature that you're learning about something or whatever but it can be first of all it can be but second of all who gives a shit what you're reading and why but for me as someone who had a passion for reading in the past and I know that it's good for me finding a subject or a genre that works for me was so crucial because I read mainly for my mental health and for my anxiety at this time at this current moment in time I'm not reading to you know self-help books I read a few here and there it just genuinely has to interest me I'm not at this time I'm not reading to learn something I'm not reading to um you know expand my knowledge on a certain topic um I know a lot of people who will read you know essays and these very amazing pieces of literature that are teaching them about history or science or whatever it may be and that's wonderful but for me at this time I'm reading for my anxiety and something that will calm me down and put my mind somewhere else and to avoid my phone and for me what works for me is reading romance books because I know it's a safe book for me to read 
I know how it'll end. (laughs) They're always going to be together. I know the main things that happen in the book. I can look up trigger warnings, you know, online to see if this is a book that I don't want to read because I don't like the topics in it. And most of the time, they're like lighthearted and fun. That makes me happy because I'm just like, oh, my little heart is warm. And maybe I am reading a lot of the same things over and over again because it's like kind of the same plot. But that is okay because that makes me happy. Similar to how a lot of people will watch the same shows or movies or listen to the same songs over and over again because they know how it'll end and it just makes them happy. That's how I feel about reading my little romance novels and reading my little smut. And who cares? That's what works for me. So I recommend if you were once a person who was really into reading but then stopped because maybe school kind of ruined that fun for you, go out, find a genre or a book or, you know, some plot that really interests you and delve yourself into that genre and get into it and have the time of your life and read a whole bunch of books because it's also a very fun community online from what I found. It's like, not very drama filled it's very very calm there's a few people that I love like on YouTube I love watching Uncarly's videos about book reviews or she'll sometimes do like I read Emma Chamberlain's favorite books um or like even today she posted a video about uh buying a whole bunch of new books and stuff and that just like I like that it just makes me feel very calm and warm and I really really enjoy that so if that's something that interests you and you feel like it might improve your mental health get yourself into reading. The world is racing to get back to normal and start meeting up in person again, but after the year we've all just had, getting back to feeling normal takes time. I talk about my experience over the last year and a half and how much it's affected me and how I'm trying to take charge of my mental health again, Um, and I'm so happy that I reached out for help. And we all talk to our friends when we're experiencing issues, but they don't always give the advice that we need. I especially experience this because a lot of my friends and family don't go through the same things that I do and I don't go through the same things that they do and so it can be very difficult to give each other advice. When you're in a low point you might feel alone but over 50% of Americans struggle with their mental health including myself. Talkspace makes it easy to match with a licensed therapist and schedule live video sessions all from the comfort of your device. You can start messaging your therapist the same day that you sign up. Whether you're a parent, student, millennial, or just someone having a hard day, Talkspace can provide the support to help you feel better with a single message. Talkspace works around your schedule at your convenience. Whether you're experiencing depression, anxiety, or other problems, Talkspace is the number one online therapy platform to help you sort through any issue. Start feeling better with a single message. Match with a licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with the promo code NICOLE. That's $100 off when you use code NICOLE at Talkspace.com. The next thing that helped me, which is the most basic advice of, you know, how do I improve my mental health? Meditation and yoga and the gym. So I started reading this book called Burnout and I kind of mentioned it in my video, but it's all about how women perceive trauma and anxiety and how if you don't complete your anxiety, um, I'm sorry, if you don't complete your stress cycle, Um, It can lead you to a long road of burnout and a long road of further anxiety and other physical and mental health issues. And so I was really going through burnout and I wanted to discover how to get through that. But they kind of describe the stress cycle as, you know, something traumatic happens to you, something happens, and then, you know, it feels like you're out of the danger. And so, you know, you know that you know that the danger is no longer present but 
your brain and your body haven't really, you know, establish that until you finish the stress cycle and so there's different ways I believe there's seven different ways on how to complete the stress cycle that they recommend and one of the biggest ones is physical activity you know putting your body through some sort of physical movement it can literally be they they use an example of a woman who had chronic pain and was unable to go to the gym and she was like how do I complete my stress cycle I know that I need to do some physical activity but I really I can't like I physically cannot and they were just like, that's okay. Like even they, they described a whole practice of like clenching every single muscle in your body and like releasing. And it, there's a whole like thing to it. I'm not describing it the best possible. Read the book for, for if you need more advice. But she would start crying at the end of these clenching sessions that <laughs> she would clench her whole body because she was releasing that emotion from her um and she had no idea that that emotion was even stored up which reminds me of like in yoga it's really common when you do like hip stretches um a lot of people cry because it's like releasing that stress and a lot of people I guess hold trauma and um anxiety and stress within their hip muscles which I'm very curious about that hasn't happened to me yet I haven't felt like an overflow of emotion from that just yet maybe I'm not stretching out my hips very good (laughs) maybe I'm a little too scared but I knew that meditation and yoga became something that really really helped me with my anxiety back in high school I took a DE class which is basically dual enrollment so I was able to take classes from a community college at high school um I had so much time in my schedule to just fill them up and then I got college credits because of it so it worked out really well and I didn't have to pay anything for them so if that's an option for you definitely go do that um I highly recommend that for a lot of people who like I I recommend for a lot of I mean do your research but I recommend dual enrollment for a lot of people rather than AP because you know unless you're passing that AP exam then you're not really getting all the points. Whereas if you take DE classes and you get a good grade, you receive the points in most colleges. But, you know, do your research depending on where you go to school and also if you have to pay for these classes. So anyway, I took a yoga class, dual enrollment, and it was a class with all of, like, my friends. And I the, – the instructor was not that great. Like, she physically – physically, she was a great instructor of, like – helping us with the movements and everything but god her attitude was bad she was a mean woman and very angry at times at us um so I'm very confused as to how she was a yoga instructor but I found that it was something big that she really focused on was mindfulness in meditation and so we would meditate at the end and we would practice mindfulness and it helped me so 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 much with my anxiety I was going through a lot my senior year of call of high school of high school and um practicing mindfulness became something that I, I worked on for for a long time and so when I got to college I was able to take yoga classes like that were offered you know for free like at night basically there weren't actual classes with any like uh you know credits or anything like they're just classes that you can go to um and I would go to hot yoga a friend who introduced me to a hot yoga studio in the city and then I eventually started going at home um meditation was something that I wanted to practice more but I'm really much more of a guided type of meditation gal and I I do struggle to find time for it every day. I got like the Headspace app, which is basically you pay like a set amount per year, which I thought would motivate me to use it more because I'm like, oh my God, I'm paying for this. But to be honest, I forget I have it a lot of times. So that's something that I want to work on. But basically this app, and this is not sponsored (laughs) for you to get this app or anything. I mean, you can genuinely just find guided meditations online on YouTube for free. But you can basically... um, 
have these meditations in the mornings and then also guided ones to help you sleep at night I knock out so so quickly for the for the ones at night they'll have like different scenarios like last night it was like salty pines or something like that and it was like me imagining I'm like in a forest and they have like forest sounds and then this woman who was guiding me through my sleep and like a breathing exercise I fell asleep so quickly I don't even remember but then again I also got a pint of blood taken out of me so I that's might contribute as to why I fell asleep so easily but I do like every night that I do it um but meditation has helped me so much because right when I'm done with it I'm like oh my god I'm so much happier and oh my god I'm so better it is hard though because you know if you live with other people it can be hard to find like that very very quietness so if you have like noise canceling headphones or if you have the ability to just be in a quiet space or room that really helps big time and then yoga for me I'm very passionate about yoga I want to like improve so much my manager for my birthday because my birthday was last Friday um she just sent me a whole bunch of like yoga things which is so kind, but I'm getting really, really into it, and I go to a hot yoga studio in my town that has been so immensely helpful because I am very passionate about it and, like, improving in it, and I love doing it, and always when I leave, I feel so much better. I can't tell you how many times I would go throughout my day and have such crazy, intrusive, obsessive thoughts, like, you know, really worrying and being paranoid for, like, my safety for, like, genuinely for no reason, but that's just how my brain works, and I would go and do this entire class and, like, observe how much better I feel. I feel like a completely different person, and I don't even want to call anyone on the way home. Like, I'll play my music, but I won't even sing along. I just, like, am existing, and I I just, I know it, it is helping me immensely, and so I'm also very lucky to have found a good studio, I went to one in Philly, and it wasn't bad. It was great, um, but it was very intimidating also because it was a lot of, like, really good yogis in there, and also, like, the instructors, some of them would, like, scream at you and, like, kind of curse at you because it was, like, a motivational type of workout, which was a lot more, like, cardio-based, but I really just enjoy the ones that are a bit more peaceful and calming and motivating rather than more, like, let's get a great workout in, like, I just kind of want to be told that I'm an okay person, (laughs) that I, that I'm going to have a great day, that's personally for me, um, and then I kind of treat the gym in the, a similar way, I can't go to hot yoga classes all the time, because they're fucking expensive, and also that's just not my main form of exercise that I like to do, but I found that finding that routine of me going to the gym in the morning, and getting that physical, need that I I need to complete my stress cycles has helped me so much because I'm like working through oh my god this is gonna sound so cheesy but I'm like working through my pain and I'm working through my anxiety and my problems so if I'm having a tough day I would notice how me going to the gym would improve so much of like the rest of my day which is why I love starting it out in the morning because I already feel so much better those chemicals are getting released into my brain I feel like almost emotional sometimes I like I when I was in high school and I started weightlifting I did it mainly for the aesthetics I also didn't observe how bad my anxiety and mental health was back then I just don't think that I was that amazing at observing it but 
I mainly did it for the aesthetics. I wasn't in love with how I looked and I knew that I wanted to change and I knew that I lost a lot of weight from anxiety. So having something that was like keeping me accountable and trying to make me gain weight, um, especially muscle to kind of get healthier, that was like my main motivation. Whereas now I go for the main motivation of my mental health. And then it's just cool because like the aesthetics are a bonus. Like me seeing my body change and like become stronger or like how strong it was previously um it's it's cool to watch and it's just like an added bonus so I don't even do it for that main reason anymore and having that routine for myself has made me like myself a lot more because of that whole discipline and knowing that I'm capable of doing something um especially when you live for months and months and months and years and years and years feeling like you can't do anything and that you're not a good person and or like if you're like me who like suffers from OCD and has a lot of thoughts of like I'm not a good person I I don't deserve the things that I I have Uh, clearly I'm not working hard for what I have because these are thoughts that I have to myself even going to the gym every day like I'm just like oh I am capable of doing something like I am capable of having discipline and sticking to a routine that makes me happy and makes me proud like look at me like I am a, a good person to myself and that has helped me tremendously but not to mention the whole physical aspect of it and how it improves your mood and your body and your brain by just completing that stress cycle and getting that need I really highly recommend reading the book to learn more about it and how your body is affected by stress and how much physical movement can improve that but like I said it doesn't have to be going to the gym it doesn't have to be doing yoga at all it can literally be you if you love running go fucking run I don't like running and I used to force myself to run but I don't like it and if I'm doing something to improve my mental health then I should only do things that I enjoy right so now I found that like I love hikes I love walking for a long time I love yoga I love weightlifting so I just do all of those things um, if you like rock climbing, go do it. If you like dancing, go do it. Just do anything that gets your body moving and makes you happier. It, it, fucking sports. Like if you love soccer, go play soccer by yourself or like with a friend. And I promise you that once you get into that habit of doing that, you're going to feel a lot better for several reasons. Um, and because I was like pretty much like a year and a half of like no body movement because of the pandemic I like lost that piece of myself because that used to be a big part of of my identity was weightlifting um and then when I completely lost all physical movement and I became very sentient sentient yeah sentient um that really took a toll on me and I didn't even realize because I was lacking in this thing that I loved so much and that like itched my brain real good (laughs) another thing I recommend but obviously this is something that you know not that many people have access to insurance is always an issue especially healthcare in America but therapy is so helpful at least for me um and I feel like I really took a plunge when it came to therapy because I I didn't feel like I wanted to go that much and I talked about this in my video but even my first session I was like I don't even know what I'm doing here like I generally don't even know what to talk about and I had to actually get myself ready um, and kind of learn a bit more about myself so that I could realize 
how can I help myself in the next session? How can I make therapy worthwhile? You already made the call, you made the appointment, you found a therapist, you're going to the appointments. How do we make it worthwhile now rather than just going through the motions? And so I talk about this in my video, but basically after my first session, I was confused as to why I was even going to therapy. I felt like I didn't know what to even talk about and I felt like all my problems were never going to get solved because I couldn't even identify them myself so I started tracking every single time that I started to not feel good and I use not feel good in air quotes because I didn't know what the emotion I was feeling so I started writing down in my notes app every single time that I felt bad and then that's when I noticed a pattern and a pattern of emotions and like writing them all out and then talking about it with my therapist and that's when we realized it was OCD so that has helped me immensely. Um, if you're in college right now and if your college offers therapy, please go to it. It should be free through your school. It, you know, I didn't have like the best, most amazing therapist ever in the entire world when I was in college, but it did help in the moment that I had someone to talk to and I was really proud of myself for going. And, you know, now I found another therapist who I really align with. Um, but like I said, it's not something that is easily accessible to everyone and I wish that it was but hopefully me making these kinds of like podcasts and videos and kind of giving tips that I'm learning through therapy maybe of some little help that you can try and apply to your own life another thing that has helped me so much another very very like cliche um piece of advice is journaling or note-taking I started to have a really really bad memory because of my anxiety and everything going on and like the last year of my life I started to kind of like I I wouldn't lose my memory but I had problems with short-term memory um so I had to start writing a lot of things down whether that was list making note taking just so I felt you know like present in my day um and that's helped so much but like I said before journaling in the morning has helped me so much I also journal at night before I go to bed that's like the last thing that I do um and writing these things out sometimes I have a whole notebook for it but I'll have days where I just want to write down like three four pages of journaling notes um talk about something that's bothering me working through it something that I did for myself I'll find like prompts online but I felt like I wanted to write a goodbye letter to my old self kind of let that bitch die and <laughs> I wrote this very very long long letter to myself and it was very, very cathartic and good for me, honestly. And after that, I feel like I really improved. And I, I really, I guess I didn't really acknowledge it until this moment. But I really feel like I did get to say goodbye to her because I was holding on to her so deeply. And I was like, why can't I be like the old Nicole? And now that I think about it, since writing that letter a few weeks ago, I don't feel like I really hold on to her as much so that's something cool <laughs> um but you can find like really cool prompts online I know a lot of people are like oh I've struggled to get into the habit of doing it every single day I use the five minute journal every single day just to get that you know a little bit of writing in but if you're talking about daily like writing prompts or something TikTok's actually really helpful for that there's people out there who will just make prompts and they're like Dave 27 write about x y and z and they'll, they'll tell you what to write about so if you struggle with knowing what to write about yourself you can follow those online and those are pretty cool another thing that i recommend is finding a passion i know emma chamberlain kind of talked about this in her podcast um but not having a passion can actually make you very very isolated feeling just because 
you are lacking in something that is important to you and it took me a while because I felt like I also didn't have a passion for quite some time and I was like what am I even passionate about and it wasn't until I took my break that I found things that I am passionate in um I am passionate about yoga I am passionate about weightlifting I am passionate about fitness I'm passionate about reading I'm passionate about making like painting which I haven't been able to do in such a long time I'm passionate about that like things that fuel me that I have really no interest in getting any monetary gain in really um even making content to a certain extent it it, it is my passion even though I do make money off of that it is my passion that was able to be created into a job but there also draws a line of when sometimes I have to make content because it is my job and I still love doing it whereas sometimes I make pieces of content where I'm like this is something that I love so much and I'm so passionate about and something that I believe in so deeply and this is what I want to put out but you know sometimes things like that like I won't have ideas like that very often but the last video that I made the one about OCD that was something I was extremely passionate about and I felt like that whole video was created generally for me and it's been a long time since I sat down and like would rewatch my videos over and over again, like once they're uploaded. But that's what I did with that video, even though it was 35 minutes long. I loved it so much and I felt like it was created for me. Um, and so I do have passions and learning to find that, it's tough. But it also, you have to step back and realize what do I genuinely enjoy doing? And I have like no real desire to make into a career at this moment or really ever. Um, and what do I do that's just for me, even if no one else watches it, even if no one else sees it, what do I love doing practically in the dark? Um, and that can take a long time to sometimes figure out. I grew up feeling like I had no passion. I grew up feeling like when I was going into college, I was like, I don't even know what the fuck I'm going into college for because I'm not passionate about anything. I don't know what I'm going to have a career in. And I also found that a lot of things that you're passionate about are still the same things that you were passionate about as a kid. I've observed that because... There are certain things coming from your childhood that you have stopped or repressed or just like put down and shoved into the corner of your brain because you're like, no, that's childish or you get to a certain age and you're like embarrassed of it or someone makes fun of you for it, whether it's your family or friends and you're like, I have no interest in this thing anymore. This is like left in the past. I was so mature of me. And then I noticed that once you get into like your 20s or, you know, you graduate from school and you're kind of like on your own and without friends, you kind of really realize like, oh shit, I'm still passionate about the things that I was passionate about when I was a little kid and I wish that I would have done that still. Like I wish I never stopped that. And some people never do. Some people like carry that on out and I'm very jealous of them. But I'm also happy that I ref- like I found my way again when I did um, into my passions. But as a kid, I was so passionate about reading. I read so many books and I was so passionate. And I want to write a book one day and I would write short stories and I would do a lot of writing. That's something else I want to get back into is actually writing just for myself because I know that that's something that fueled me as a little kid. I saw this one tweet about someone saying that it's funny how a lot of people will kind of revert back to their child selves once they're like in their early 20s or so like the person that they were back in like middle school they will kind of somehow regain that same energy when they get older and I also do believe in that it's it's true because I feel like now where I am at my age I'm 22 now I just turned 22 on Friday I feel like I'm becoming more myself than I have in like the last four years like oh my god Nicole you had so much freedom being in college and being away from home and 
you know, you would think that that's when you become truly into yourself, but I feel like spending a lot of time alone, especially right now, and trying to realize what I liked when I was little and now that I'm not embarrassed of doing because I'm not surrounded by a bunch of brand new people and I'm not embarrassed of who I am, I'm surrounded by good people, it has made me realize what I'm passionate about once again in my life. Another thing that I really recommend for mental health and things that I've improved is taking real breaks, which is really tough to do, um, especially working a full-time job. Um, It can be very tough unless you're your own boss or you have a job that is lenient. um, It's tough to take an actual real break. But what I mean by this is I felt guilty for taking the weekends off and my therapist was just like laughing at me in a nice way, (laughs) but she was just like, that's normal. I take breaks on the weekend. Everyone takes breaks. on. That's like very actually normal to take breaks on the weekend. I'm like, what? (laughs) And not all jobs allow that and not all stages of life will allow that. But I had to realize, okay, the weekends are mine. I'm allowed to do whatever I want. I shouldn't feel guilty for simply existing and having a good time and not doing something work-related. And then I would take these breaks where I wouldn't, you know, upload a video for a week or I wouldn't upload podcasts, but they weren't genuine real breaks because I would just distract myself with a bunch of bullshit. I would distract myself with things that didn't matter. I would distract myself with my phone and I never, you know, really actually did the things that are necessary on a break. And I didn't realize how badly I wanted or needed a break until I was having a therapy session right before um it was when I was quarantining for the Mr. Beast video which I will be making a video about very very soon I did not forget about that guys it's just I'm trying to (laughs) I'm trying to organize all the videos that I have coming out but I was in quarantine and this was like the end of July and I was having a session with my therapist on zoom and I told her I really want to do this one thing, but I'm really scared to do it. And she's like, what is it? And I was like, I just want to take a break for like a month, have no expectations of me, and just genuinely actually take a break that I feel like I need, like, and just solely focus on my mental health. And I was so scared to do it because I was like, uh, well, everyone will tell you that like, you know, you not uploading will hurt your career and it'll, nobody will care about you anymore and everyone will forget about you. Um, And that still stuck with me and some people even were like, yeah, Nicole, I wouldn't do that. Like your career can go downhill so quickly. But I also got to a point of not caring and I was like, I'm not going to have a career soon because I'm going to combust into a million little pieces if I don't take a break. And I came to terms with that and I was like, I need to take an actual, genuine, serious, real break for... I was like, I'll give myself a month, but then also my therapist recommended like, don't give yourself a strict timeline if you feel like you're good at three weeks and come back in three weeks but if you feel like you know it's like you're on week four and you're like I need another week then keep going um and that's something that I genuinely have an amazing privilege of doing and I know that's not possible for a lot of people but for people who are self-employed or maybe just making their own hours it can be a lot more difficult because it's not like you know we have a boss that will give us paid time off or anything um but that's what I need to do was I got too far in a point of not taking weekends off and taking actual breaks for myself. I got too deep into this state of burnout that if I didn't take a real break, um, something bad was going to happen to me. And so I'm so happy that I took this very, very intentional break where 
all I really did was just focus on my mental health and I didn't focus on bullshit and stuff that didn't matter and I didn't consume media that was not helpful to me or didn't make me happy. Um, I didn't, you know, do things that I also didn't enjoy and I made it very clear to those in my life. I was like, not like, don't have zero expectations of me, but also like this is a really, really a big time for me to just work on myself and work on my diagnosis and try and figure out how I'm going to get better and at that point it was like very debilitating for me it was hard for me to like even go out to like the grocery store because I was so immensely paranoid and I knew it was very very deep and if I had just taken more smaller breaks or more intentional breaks or breaks on the weekend then maybe I wouldn't have needed a whole month off of like zero expectations from me but that's that's where I led myself and that's what I needed at the time so I'm telling you right now Whether it's as simple as a day off from work or a day off from school or the weekends off, be so intentional with it that you are actually making that worth your time and doing things that actually improve your mental health and utilize your breaks. And, you know, you might be thinking like, well, that seems like counterintuitive of like utilizing your breaks if you're supposed to actually rest. Yes, but rest with the intention of improving yourself because there's a difference between resting and like, I don't know the right word for it, but it's like a distracted type of rest. It's like a rest that you feel guilty because you're like, oh, I should be doing this other thing. Like that's something I did so often. Like I would lay on my phone and I would be technically resting, but I wasn't because I was so paranoid and pissed at myself also at the same time and feeling like I was a bad person because I wasn't doing a whole list of things I needed to do. But as soon as you tell yourself, I don't need to do that list right now. I need to focus on my health. I need to work focus on my physical, on my mental health. I need to focus on that to make sure that I can have a lot more good days ahead of me. Because there's one quote, but I don't remember what it is. But it's like, if you don't choose your days off, your body will choose it for you. And that is so true. The way that your mental health manifests into your body and making you sick. I had a friend who, and I didn't understand this at the time, but I was growing up and she would get so immensely sick because her immune system would just attack itself when she was so high in anxiety. And I didn't understand that when I was like a kid because I was like, I don't understand. How are you sick when, you know, this is going on inside your brain? But that's how crazy our bodies are is that if you are so riddled with anxiety and mental health struggles and you don't work on those things your body is going to start reaping the consequences and that is exactly what started happening to me and you know what that first week of that rest that I took like when I took that month off that first week my body started showing so many symptoms it was almost like it was like purging itself it was actually very very strange I started having intense muscle twitches and it was very weird like my my muscles were like spasming and getting very very weird and and that is a symptom of stress taking over the body um and and other symptoms but that can happen that can happen fucking IBS (laughs) like IBS is so anxiety controlled and finding out that my stomach problems are actually rooted from my OCD and my anxiety like I knew that to a certain extent but I didn't know how bad it was because as soon as I started improving 
on my mental health, my stomach started to get a lot better, which is something interesting. And I didn't really want to talk about this in my OCD video. And I also like am scared to show of what I'm eating and pictures of food and stuff, especially because I made a video called like, this is the last time like me eating foods I'm allergic to. To make a long ass story short, many years ago, I had tests done about food sensitivities and also food allergies. And now um, I had all of those tests retaken. I had a literal colonoscopy and endoscopy camera shoved up my ass and down my throat and had a whole slew of tests done. And a lot of the sensitivities and allergies that I have are no longer present in my body. And I have a lot of like new allergies and like some allergies have been eliminated. And essentially what my doctors and I have come to terms with is that my body will essentially just attack itself when my anxiety is higher and it's not necessarily all food related and so instead of spending more time being like I can't eat gluten and this is not this is not relevant to a lot of people like people who have celiac disease um but when you I'm sorry I lost my train of thought <laughs> I what I'm trying to say is is that I had to focus less on the food that I was consuming and work as focus more on my mental health because I could cut out gluten all I wanted to from my diet but I was still suffering from these stomach issues um and so now I'm scared to post like what I'm eating online because people are gonna be like aren't you allergic to that when in reality my body's actually doing a lot better because I'm focusing on my health which leads me kind of into medication which um a lot of anxiety and also antidepressants can also help with a lot of stomach issues because of how they're rooted so like literally I was advised hey when you go to your psychiatrist appointment mention that you have IBS that is directly linked to anxiety and that'll put they'll try to put you on a better medication that's best suited for you um that targets those two things because IBS a lot of IBS and anxiety medications actually used to overlap um we're still do. I'm not an expert on this, but that's kind of like why I get scared to talk about food whenever I like post a photo now and people are like, I thought you said you were allergic to this. I'm like, girly, I thought the same thing, <laughs> but then I took a test and then it was came back negative. Then I took more tests and they still came back negative again, even though they were positive a few years ago. Like, yes, I'm very much confused too. And it's, I'd spent a lot of months, you know, going to different doctors and getting second and third opinions and reading about it. Um, and so, if anyone was wondering, I'm actually doing a lot better with my little tummy issues, but I still can't tolerate coffee. I had taught coffee for the first time in months, and I can confirm that still does not sit with my body well. So, <laughs> and I'm still a vegan, in case anyone cares. I'm not going to stop being vegan. I'm still remaining a vegan. But that is all that I wanted to talk about today, about things that have improved my mental health recently. Um, obviously, there's probably more things that I forgot to mention. Um... And I just wanted to list some things that I feel like people can start doing at home, baby steps, if they're trying to work on their mental health. Maybe make like a little checklist and you're like, I'm going to make it a goal this week to fix my phone addiction or I'm going to work on it this week to find a form of physical activity that I actually enjoy and work on that. So I hope that this video, no, this is not a video, holy shit, I hope that this podcast episode was beneficial for someone and... I apologize. Well, not really, but I was going to apologize for all of like the mental health videos and podcasts lately, but it's relevant. People are suffering. Um, the, the pandemic is still taking a toll on a lot of us and a lot of us have came out of this pandemic. It's, I mean, it's not over. Has still come out of this, um, a lot more 
knowledgeable and self-aware about their own mental health and their own issues and working on them. So I'm going to remain talking about it. Maybe not as much, but still. I love you guys. I hope that you guys are doing well. Hope you have an amazing week and go donate blood this week if you're able to. Um, I posted on my story (laughs) encouraging people to donate blood. Shout out to one person who messaged me and said that they scheduled an appointment. That is so cool. It made me so, so happy that someone messaged me that. Um, so go do that if you're able to. So it was just funny because a lot of people like my DMs were like flooded and they're like, bestie, I can't because X, Y, and Z, which I totally get because I got rejected literally three times. But if you're able to donate, go donate. Um, there's a shortage. I learned that there's a shortage usually around this time because people have like gone on vacation and that there's a shortage around the holiday season. So like October to January, the nurse said, um, but there still is a shortage because of COVID, at least most parts of the country. So if you can donate blood, please go do so. Um, it's free. They give you snacks. It literally takes like five to ten minutes and you save three lives doing it. So anyway, I love you all. Hope that you guys have a great week. Peace and blessings and love and <laughs> goodbye.